Bart, I've asked you not to whistle that annoying tune. Yo, everybody, and welcome back once again to Simpsons is Greater Than, a podcast all about everybody's favorite nuclear family and also sometimes kind of about other stuff. As always, I'm your host, Warren, better known to some of you as Bart of Darkness. You might know me from my Simpsons collection over on Instagram or Twitter. Be honest, it's great, isn't it? Go ahead and say it's great if you want to. But if not, when you're done with this episode, please go check it out. Share it with all the Simpsons fans in your life. Tell all your friends about it and let me know what you think. Now, real quick, I want to take a moment and just say thank you to everyone for listening to this show because recently the Simpsons is Greater Than podcast turned two. And I completely missed the anniversary. Come on now, stop. You don't have to do that. Oh my God. You guys really are the best. But regardless of that, I make this show because I enjoy it, but also because my listeners are great. All of you are great. And I appreciate each and every one of you. And feel free to send me lots of nice messages and gifts, but you don't have to do anything. Uh, But messages and gifts and nice things. I'll take it. But anyway, today, Brandon and I are joined by David Cryan. David is the man who brought us the season premiere of season 32 titled Undercover Burns, a really good episode. We get the story behind how that came to be, and we also talk about his upcoming project, Business Inc., which you will be able to watch starting tomorrow, September 15th. Please check the description of this episode for all information on where to watch. But this intro is way too long, so I say we just get started. Episode 65. Let's go. Yeah, all of a sudden, like, hours just drift away. Yeah, they really do. It's bananas. And I also... The only thing about this TV that I would change... So it's funny. The reason Brandon is on the podcast now is because I had him on about the TV. I was like, oh, I'd love to have you on to interview you. And we just kind of became friends. And then he came on again to do like other stuff. And now he's just on it. And uh, I weaseled my way in. Yeah, he just weaseled his way in. (laughs) But the only thing I would change about the TV is the amount of people that I had to explain why he couldn't sell them. They were like, I don't understand. Why don't you just make a bunch of them? And I'd be like, well, he would get in trouble. And they were like, why? Like people just like could not understand that Fox would be like, you can't do that. <laughs> Pesky lawyers had come for your butt. Oh, I know. I still get emails all the time asking, hey, you got any of those TVs I can buy? <laughs> no, I don't. It also takes me like 10 hours to make each one. Um, it was a very, like, it's actually a pretty, pretty involved build process. <laughs> like, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, so what I will do, and this is how I'm, I mean, I might keep some of that, but I will, I will roll us in with a bit of a warm up story. I like to do this. So it gives us a little something to discuss as we roll into the episode. And recently, so I, I work part time at a record store that my friend James owns. Uh, called Tiger Records. Shout out to Tiger Records. Shout out to Tiger Radio, the podcast for the record store that I also produce. You know, um, 
And I'm working there the other day and I get this phone call and I'm like, Tiger Records, hey, I was in there recently and I bought a CD and I go, okay. And they're like, yeah, so I bought a CD and I took it home and I put it in my PlayStation and it started playing a video of Shrek having sex. (laughs) And granted, I have music playing. I take a long pause and I go, wait, come, excuse me? And then just laughter, hang up. So in 2022, I got prank called at work. (laughs) Just let that sink in. Somebody called me. Do you have an idea (laughs) who it is? I'd have no idea, but you know, Shrek having sex was their, was their, their punchline. Wow. So in 2022, I, you know, I got to say as a Simpsons fan, as someone who loves prank calls, did a lot of them as a kid, someone who loves Bart Simpson, as bad of a joke as it was, and as as much as it took me aback to get that prank call, I was pretty stoked to know that kids are still making prank calls. You'd think that that, that had died with caller ID and a few other things, but <laughs> it, it soldiers on. It soldiers on. And I will say this too, and this is not, uh, so the phone we use at Tiger Records is just like an old iPhone. And uh, we use it because it's like somebody who works there's old phone that the screen got cracked pretty bad. And so we just use it as the shop phone. So unless you are really looking close, you can't really make out the number anyway. Oh, man. So they probably picked the best place in Florida to bring call. Yeah, no recourse. <laughs> That's amazing. You never get them back. Yeah, I'll never get them back. I hope they make more prank calls, and I hope they have more really bad setups like that. Next time, I'm just going to be like, hey, let me stop you right there. I know this is a prank call, but let me give you some advice. We can do better. I'm going to help them. I'm going to coach them. Let's do some punch-up on these uh, on these calls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little bit of Monday quarterback on uh, the Monday morning quarterback on the, on the prank calls. Um, well, David, uh, you know, first and foremost, uh, well, there's a couple of things I want to mention here. One, this is the first time I have had someone else on here to do an interview with me. So, you know, people on the podcast, Brandon is here for an interview episode. It's not, a, it's not even just an episode review thing anymore. Brandon is here. So everybody Hello. clap at home for Brandon. I mean, I am. <laughs> yeah, there's lots. Yeah, I'm just imagining applause for Brandon. And two, uh, we are joined today by my man, David Cryan. David, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're more than welcome. The way I like to start every episode when it comes to this is I like to ask sincerely, how are you? So like, you know, if you're having a bad day, whatever it is, tell us the truth. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I, all things considered, I got no complaints. Uh, everything's good. Well, well, David, that must be nice because you know what? I'm about to complain for 20 minutes. So today, no, (laughs) no, I love that. You know, I, sometimes it's a simple answer. Sometimes people are like, no, things are good for me. I got nothing. Sometimes people say, well, you know, it's been a tough week and I I get a little something out of people, but I'll take that. You're doing fine. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing real good, man. You guys are just having wonderful days. I'm so happy to hear that. It's, it's kind of, it's kind of boring when people are just happy. Yeah, well, I think yeah. of some I stuff be. I can complain about. <laughs> yeah, I need some dirt, David. Let me let me get the dirt. I mean, come on. I, I want. I'm looking for people's. I'm looking for a window into people's personal issues when I ask that question. Well, I'm I, I'm I'm out of town right now. I'm actually in. Uh, you're in Florida, right? I am. I'm in Florida for the moment uh, too. I I drove down because I wanted to see the um, the SLS rocket launch. Wow, oh, cool! And they delayed it a few times, so that oh, was kind of crummy. I really, oh, uh, so are you staying in? Is it Titusville that's near Cape Canaveral? I'm, well, my 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 parents got a place outside Tampa, so I was driving over oh, there. Cool, so. nice. Wow. Have you ever seen a rocket launch before? 
I've seen a couple of uh, the SpaceX Falcon 9s, and those oh, are pretty yeah. cool, but this is supposed to be like a whole other level. Yeah, yeah. Wow. I, uh, I lived in Savannah, Georgia when they did the last shuttle launch, oh, yeah. and I did the same. It, it's about a four and a half hour drive from Savannah, Georgia down there, and I was, I was in college, and I was so, I was like, I have to see this last shuttle launch, you know, I'm a, I'm a kid of the, the shuttle era. And, um, I like drove down there and they postponed the launch to like the next week. And I, it was the day I had class and I couldn't miss. So I, I kind of, I kind of spent all of my, my fuel money because, you know, scraping by as a college kid and ended up having to go back and missed it. So I remember debating, <laughs> trying to fly down for that last minute going like, there's not going to be another one. And I, I'd never seen one. And it's like, ah, oh, it's- I know I never got to see a shuttle launch either. It would have been cool. It's so, it's so iconic. The, the shuttle with the big orange uh, center fuselage and all that. All right. Listen, guys, if y'all uh, listen, nerds. Okay. I'm about to <laughs> knock your books out of your hand, <laughs> stuff you in a locker. We're going to no. Okay. I can't have any. <laughs> I'm taking over the podcast and it's now the space podcast. <laughs> <laughs> space is greater than yeah i mean brandon i think you would be fantastic at hosting that podcast but Thanks. so so david obviously you are joining us today not only to talk about the space launch which i actually do find very interesting i think that's very cool that you made that trip but you're with us today because you have written an episode of the simpsons season 32's undercover burns but before we get into all of that before we get into all the details of this what i consider a very very good episode Tell us a little bit about your relationship to the show growing up. When did you start watching it? Did you love it as a kid? I want to hear all about that. Um, yeah, well, I I didn't start watching it until I was about 10 years old. So there was about, I think around that is like 10 to 12 seasons that were in syndication. And I technically wasn't allowed to watch it when I was really young. It wasn't a thing of like rebellion or anything. It was my parents just heard it's not a show for kids. And it's like, I, and it, I didn't really know it all that well. So it was like, I didn't, didn't bother me. And then I, right. I moved when I was 10. And then when I went to a new school, it was like, oh, everybody, this is the show everybody's up on. And I started watching it about then. And I had 10 years of syndication. I could go home after school. It was like on three times a day. And I just, you know, hooked it into my veins. <laughs> um, and it, you know, it, it's just been such a huge, like it's been at the top of my, my list of, of greatest comedies ever, ever since. And it's just, it's so incredibly influential on everything. I, 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 parts of my personality and my sense of humor and, uh, and how I write. And I can't understate how, how, how huge a fan I, I, I became so quickly of it. I mean, obviously, you know, I think that's something that I talk about a lot on this podcast is something Brandon and I, have talked about. I think The Simpsons is it's a perfect example of a show that when it gets its, you know, claws in you, it's gonna stick with you unless you're just the kind of person that, you know, moves around from thing to thing. I can't I can't name any people that like The Simpsons that don't really like The Simpsons. You don't meet that many casual Simpsons fans. And when you do, uh, they're more, you know, they've seen the episodes once or twice. They never actually dove into the fandom. So, it is a special show in that way. Which is kind of, you know, I say this all the time, it's kind of why I started this podcast, because I do believe it's more than just a show. It's more than just another animated show or an influential show. There's something sort of ingrained in all of us that like it, that makes it feel different. Does that make sense? Would you both agree with that? Absolutely. There's a special sauce to it uh, that has, it has so many, uh, so many elements of, uh, of smart comedy and physical comedy and and heart and it's it's got 
it's got something in there for, for almost anyone. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think you really like hit the nail on the head by saying like, it's part of your personality. Cause I feel that too. Like I grew up watching it and it's so such a big part of like, not just my sense of humor, but also like my kind of timing with the universe. <laughs> you know, if that makes sense. Like it's also a big part of my sentimentality. Like it, it's part of more than just the humor. I don't know. It, it, in some ways it, you kind of, see a little bit of it and how you relate to other humans, uh, if that makes any sense. It is a really strange thing. I mean, it, you know, I could, I could go on and on about how even collecting is like, was my attempt at liking the show even more than I already did. I was like, well, I love the show. Let me just, let me stretch my legs a little bit. Let me like it even more somehow. <laughs> okay. uh, so I, I think that that is also like an, an interesting thing about it. David, tell me, you know, you you talk about how it's such an influence on your writing. You know, when did you first take an interest in writing? When did that journey start for you? And how does that tie into The Simpsons? Well, it's, you know, it's a lot, it's a long story, I guess, in that, you know, I, I, I wrote for a lot of things, obviously, as you have to in high school and middle school. And I truly used to hate it then. It was a thing where it's just like a lot of people say, oh, I found that passion. I, I wrote it. It's like, I, I had the exact opposite where it's just like, Whenever I was put in a box, I was like, oh, here's you have to write a horror story or a story about Greek mythology. It's like, this is not working for me at all. <laughs> and um, so I what I ended up doing was eventually I was like, OK, I, I could I, I could decide to to find my own angle in. And um, uh, when I'm not forced to to do like I, when I finished high school, I, I took, had a um, my last English class. There was like an essay for the exam. And I wrote the essay and I didn't really think it was all that good. But the teacher was like, you might have a real future in writing. I think this is like the second best essay I've written, read from a student before. I'm like, really? I didn't. Oh, I, I, and I was dead set against like, I don't think I'm ever going to write anything again. <laughs> I just really don't care for it. And because I was I, I went to uh, flight college even before I was done high school uh, to fly planes. And I thought that was that was where I was going. And um Eventually, I just I had such a love for for comedy and for t for TV comedy and all these things that I just said, it's like, but well, there's an angle there that I could get interested in, and eventually, I, I decided I had to give it a shot. Man, wow. thank goodness for that teacher, that little bit of encouragement at exactly the right moment, you know. I I, I get it was like like it was the exact type of thing I didn't really like to write. It was very self serious and melodramatic, and it's just like the way I would do it now. I'd I'd try to make make something funny, but it's just like I don't. I don't know. It's uh, I. It's it's a totally different version of <laughs> how I go about it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but isn't that funny? Because like, I think a lot of times, most of the stuff that we think we want to do, kind of ends up not being what we want to do. Sometimes it does. Sometimes you meet a kid that's like, I want to be a fireman, and they end up being a fireman. But I think a lot of the things that I was told I was good at as a kid. I sort of resent it. I'm like, well, I don't care that I'm good at writing reports. I don't care that I'm good at, you know, giving presentations in class. What is that going to do me? I'm going to, I'm going to be in the NBA. Um, so it is funny that sometimes the thing that we don't want to be good at ends up being our true passion. It sounds like it found you, David. That's cool. Yeah. It's also a thing of like, I was a, such a fan of some of these things where it, it's, it's intimidating because you look at a show like, you know, if you're in your favorite shows, the Simpsons and you want to trade in a copyright, if you look at that show, it's like, well, how could you ever aspire to anything close to that? <laughs> it's like, how, 
And yeah, I had a great writing teacher at one point, and I think paraphrase it from someone else. It's like, well, the reason you get into it is because you really like it. And when you start out, your taste and your ability are going to be really far apart. And it takes time. It's like, well, of course, when you first start, you, you can't come anywhere close to the things that you love that are your favorites. And you got to kind of put your, your time, your 10,000 hours in and keep yeah. doing it. And um, it's, it's, it's it, it, like that notion of that kept me away from it for a while, for a while longer, like just being intimidated, but I could never come close. And it's like, well, that's kind of the wrong way to think about it. Yeah. Uh, you kind of get to just do it and get all that bad writing out of your system. And spec scripts <laughs> are a great way to do that. Right. Oh, for sure. Did, did you find you always sort of like lean towards comedy? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's uh, I, 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 with dramatic things. I have friends who give me stuff that's more dramatic and I have struggled, I struggle to give notes on it. Cause I'm like, I know when I can get a, when, when I feel a comedy's working and the pacing of it. And I think the jokes are funny, but when it's drama, I'm just like, I think it's working. I don't, I like the barometer for where, when it's good and when it's bad, it's so hard to see on the page. I find yeah. And you're also like, you know, it'd be funnier if this person. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I'm the guy who pitches them like, you probably don't want to use this incredibly weird joke here, but here it is if you want it. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what show really bridges that gap for me. And you strike me as someone who could write a hell of an episode of this. You should write a spec script for it, David, just because. Uh, and that is Better Call Saul. Uh, I'm, I'm rewatching Better Call Saul right now. Uh, full disclosure, I have not seen the last season. That's why I decided to start it over. I want to just like watch the whole thing through to the end. Uh, and I think it is one of the most endearing, captivating, and also funny fucking shows of all time. I love it so much. Oh, it's an incredible show. Yeah. I, I watched the, 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 I won't spoil it for you, but yeah, I've seen, I saw the through to the final season just recently and it's, it's up there with, you know, the greatest all time drama. Oh God. Man, I'm so I gotta watch it. I haven't seen any of it. I oh my God, it. Brandon, it'll melt your brain. And I also a lot of tie-ins to the Simpsons technically because, um, so there's a character named after Bill Oakley. There's literally a character oh. named Bill Oakley on purpose. Uh, obviously Bill Odenkirk's brother or Bob Odenkirk's brother, Bill wrote for the Simpsons. Um, uh, Michael McKeon was in spinal tap with Harry Shearer. There's a lot of Michael connections McKeon is in uh, better call Saul. That's yeah. so exciting. And he's incredible in it. So uh, you got to watch it, Brandon, you will love it. So yeah, David, just write one for me. Just write another episode for me. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll be waiting for it in my email. Get right on that. <laughs> so, Let's talk about how you came to write an episode of the show. I read a great article. Uh, I think it was in the Toronto Star in 2020 uh, that talked a bit about how you came to write for the show and just the whole thing. Uh, and it said that you reached out to Al Jean back in 2018 and had done so previously. Also, I believe. Tell us about that. Yeah, uh, it's just a matter of really of of uh, really dumb luck to a degree. I truly. Uh, I hate social media. And I had a friend of mine who was like, well, if you want to be a comedy, I don't care. You have to get on Twitter regardless. And I begrudgingly finally did that. And um, <laughs> I don't post a lot, but I, 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 I follow a lot of comedy writers and there's good stuff in there. And, and uh, you know, as you hear the rest of the story, they will say, well, yeah, I'm not allowed to complain about it, um, which is true. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah. So at one point I just saw some stranger ask Al Jean, Hey, will you read a sample? And uh, he said, "Yeah, as long as it's a, if it, I like, you know, if it's a spec script and it's not Simpsons." I thought, "Oh shit!" Well, I got one of those, and I nearly done a second one. I'm going to make a note of that when I have two totally ready. I'm going to give, you know, shoot my shot. And uh, I tried him, and he said yes. And I was like, you know, I prefaced it with, "If not, I totally understand that. You know, this is a weird way to even ask. 
all the other avenues I try to get my stuff read, like the proper way proved damn near impossible. And Al Jean is just the nicest guy who's like, yeah, okay, sure. Yeah. As, as someone, you know, who spoke to Al, I had Al on this podcast when I had no idea what I was doing. I had no clue how to interview someone really. I had no idea how to produce a podcast. And I reached out to Al and said, Hey, I'm thinking about doing a podcast. Would you come on? And he said, yeah, sure. How about this day? So, so truly (laughs) I just want to say those that love the Simpsons and anyone out there that for some reason is like, Oh, well, Al Jean's been in control of the show too long. And he did this and that Al Jean is an angel and you are all lucky that he (laughs) exists. You're lucky that he ever, ever got his hands on the Simpsons. So all of you should just be thankful for him. And David is nodding along. So I just want to say a hundred percent. It's, 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 uh, that's completely accurate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I sent him like two scripts and he said he really liked one. He didn't, he wasn't crazy about the other one. He said, but he said, if I had anything else in the future, uh, feel free to send it. And so I was like, oh, okay. So I took like a, a month off work and I just wrote another spec. I, I, I tried to make it a really good one as fast as I could. So, like, so he wouldn't forget me. I sent it along. He said, yeah, that one didn't really capture me either. And I said, okay, well, I, I, to me, it was still just a coup that he even read it. I was just like, the right. fact that, you know, this guy whose work I'm such a fan of and is so culturally important to it would even uh, read my work was still a win. And I didn't really, I, I had no real expectation of where it would go. But a few years later, I had a few more. I was like, well, what's my heart? What's the harm in saying one, maybe, maybe now. And so I sent him, uh, I sent him another and he just came, he came back very quickly. He's like, I really liked it. We don't have anything at the moment, but congratulations. Like, what does that mean? And then a week later, he said, can you have any others? And I sent, uh, I sent him the other one. And then like a few, I can't remember the exact timing of it, but I think a day or two after that, I got an email from a Fox executive saying I had an offer to join the staff full time. Wow. What was that moment like? It had to have felt unreal. Oh, it was the most surreal moment I've ever ha- experienced. It was just completely like I, I, I kept expecting to wake up or, or yeah. not be real, or or somebody say April Fools, even though this is November. Um, <laughs> uh, so, like it just it, it didn't make it. It almost didn't make any sense. Like I went out, like I don't drink at all. I went out, and got champagne with my family. It was like holy shit. And uh, then the the uh, the headache started a little later. <laughs> About uh, it was that was November, end of November, twenty eighteen, and then a couple weeks later in December, it's like okay, uh, it was contingent on the show being renewed, which they you know they were pretty confident that they were going to get that all sorted out, right? And uh, like had everything gone perfectly according to plan, I would have been there. I ended up starting in like February of twenty nineteen. But then I uh, realizing that, okay, this uh, I'm Canadian and I need a visa, a visa and this is not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. And it was uh, a long process of trying every single thing I could of slowly realizing this is not going to happen. It's not possible. It was, uh, it was just, you know, it was devastating. It really, really sucks. Oh, yeah, th- that is, that is the detail to this story that full disclosure, David, I had, I had forgotten before, uh, prepping for this interview. And I was reading through some of these articles that I'd read back when they came out. And, you know, I forgot that not only did you write an episode for the show, but you were offered a full on position, which is like, I mean, David, you won at life. Let's just say that like, no matter what happens in your life, you were offered to be a full-time staff writer on the greatest show of all time. So I just want to, I just want to give you that credit regardless of any of this 
you have you, that happened. Yeah. So yeah, that was, uh, you know, the, there was, it was about six months. I was, I totally lost my mind and I was, you know, I was probably bugging this Fox lawyer. Uh, he probably hated my guts <laughs> the amount of times I was like, what, what is going on here? Like I, uh, and, uh, you know, asking every other lawyer, is there any other thing I can try? And there was a few ideas briefly floated that was like, well, do you want to maybe consider going to school part-time and then working part-time and working out a deal where it's like a, a school program? And I was like, it's not my first choice, but I'll do whatever I have to do to get in that room. Sure. And there was a few things like that where it had to go through. It was also in the time right when they were finalizing the Fox Disney sale. And so I think what happened to everything took forever because I think it had to go through two teams of lawyers. And so it's just like months of just like not knowing what, what was going to happen at the end. It's like, I think Fox was okay with that idea. Then Disney nixed it. And uh, at the very end of it is like, okay, there's clearly, there's no real path forward here. And then I'll do, I'll said, so do you want to pitch some stories for a freelance episode? Well, yes, of course. Yes. What a sweetheart of Al to try to try to still turn this into a good thing for you, you know. The the difference between getting to write an episode and just being a guy is like, oh sure, you got an offer. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Just a guy with a story, it's like, ah, it doesn't sound uh, it doesn't sound real. <laughs> Man. Yeah, that uh David, you know, I gotta say that's one of the one of the most heartbreaking uh Simpsons related stories that I can name, but I, I think you landed on your feet. And like Brandon was saying, it's it's a great episode. So I I do wanna I do want to dig into that a little bit more. I want you to walk us through, you know, what it was like not only to write a script, okay? Not only you not only did you write an episode of the show, but just that whole process of working with the team in whatever capacity, being at the table read, seeing these, you know, these voice actors read your lines. What was that like for you, really? Well, I mean, you you know, if you like the episode, the bulk, absolute bulk of the the credit goes to the writing staff uh who took my script and uh, and made it way better um and they they they, if things got changed around you know i wasn't you know as a freelancer i wasn't involved past like i submitted my draft and even before then it was like i pitched my stories and uh i suppose you know of the whole process the thing i was proudest of and doing it was he said Al, al told me like okay well you know submit you know this number of ideas that can be as brief as you want or up to a paragraph and so i submitted a document with a whole bunch of them and he was like, he said, it might take you a few tries because, you know, we've done a few stories. It's kind of hard to, to get one in. <laughs> uh, the, I suppose the, the like I said, the, the proudest element of that would be he picked the very first one on the top of my first document. It's like, okay. Yes. Wow. The That's first amazing. two, actually, because originally there was a B story that got cut. And again, part of why so many things got changed around. The, I, I, I put the first two as like, I think these two could work together as an A and B story. They kind of share a theme. And I was like, yeah, I agree with that. And we emailed back and forth a little bit about how it should go. He's like, so you ready to go right? I was like, oh, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, so I didn't have, like, I just kind of, I, I didn't have a ton of guides. It was like, just kind of you know, uh, based on my pitch and a little bit of a few notes from Al. And uh, yeah, I, t- I took about two weeks and it was a, it was a nerve wracking two weeks. I where bet. I, uh, you know, second question, guest, everything I worked all hours of the day, just trying to make the best thing I could. Well, especially after all you had been through with this whole process. I mean, you really wanted to hit a home run. Uh, tell me what was that before you tell, I want to hear about the table read and all that, but tell me what was that B plot that got cut? Can I hear about that? Oh, for sure. Um, so it was a Bart Milhouse story. That's, uh, actually a, uh, based on a story from my childhood. That's the story that happened to me was, uh, I was on, on, you know, school bus home one day and a, a friend of mine just decided to be 
interminable and just decided like today's the day i'm just gonna annoy the shit out of david <laughs> i'm gonna poke him i'm gonna you know try to give him what i'm gonna yell in his ear or whatever it is he just decided like to be a, a and i i i told i told him like just stop just stop. Like, i'm gonna like and i responded and i i clocked him in the nose <laughs> and he started bleeding and we got taken back to school and you know i got in trouble and uh but then and the whole story comes out uh his parents hear it they make him come apologize to me. And uh, he, was asking, yes. he was asking my brother, like, so is, is David? I was like, no, but my parents are proud of him. They took him out for ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> you stood up for yourself. Yeah, you, you did the right thing, David. We've all had that kid Again, on the you school bus. You got to take the shot when it presents Yeah, <laughs> no, we've all had that kid that just wouldn't stop. You got to punch him. I you know, gave every opportunity to try not to. And then that's what happened. And... Uh, so I, I, that that's, I did, I took that and I put, you know, it's myself in the Millhouse role and my friend in the Bart role where Bart is just, they go on a field trip that he's, uh, Millhouse is really into, but Bart couldn't care less about. And he ruins the day for Millhouse and he's on the butt and he's just going at him. And then Millhouse clocks him and it ruins their dynamic a little bit where all of a sudden Millhouse is kind of, uh, in a higher station above Bart and the bullies oh, sort of take yeah. him in. And I even did the thing where, you know, Marge makes Bart apologize to to him and and you got uh you know kirk and luann in the background going he stood up for himself like clinking champagne in the background david this, could be this, a whole is, this is a great episode this would I, be a whole listen, episode on itself <laughs> any simpsons people and i know some of you listen okay i know a couple of you do i've been told this is a good one okay i, I understand it couldn't fit in this script let's get another one going because <laughs> this is a great idea and i can see it in my brain i love it yeah, so that's and then you know they go back and forth and Millhouse is accepted into the bullies and he can't deal with it and they try to they try to get things back to status quo and it sort of goes alongside the you know the Burns Lenny friend uh, Burns Homer friendship uh, he's having it sort of share a theme there and the whole third act was a little was pretty different but uh, it, so when that came out everything else kind of moved around so it's so it's like there's a lot the, especially the the Burns story with like the, the first two acts it's generally still what I what I pitched. And when it's, everything is totally different, it's like, that's sort of, you know, their process they go through and they, they, again, they, I can't complain. They made it terrific. There you go. That's wow. Amazing. That's, I, I truly, I, you know, I always joke on this podcast, like, Hey, I'm not just sucking up to you, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm really not. I love that story. And it seems yeah, like great. Brandon's right there with me. I can just see it and I, I want it to exist. I like the similarity between the A and B story where both of them are, are a situation where a regular relationship power dynamic is like turned on its head sort of thing that always makes for a really interesting story and also great gags too you know that was the idea where i said at the end of this because again those are my very first two pitches and then i put a note i think these two could go together and i was like yeah i agree with you and, uh, that's good. so how long before i guess you the, the b story was in the in the spec script that or not the spec script but the draft you turned in right yeah yeah, I, I didn't really, I, I, and then, you know, when I turned it in, I was, I was pretty much done with it. So I didn't know what had happened to it until they sent me a draft just before the table read. So, so you get to this table read, tell me about that. Cause that, this is the thing, like I, I've spoken to people that have gone to table reads, explain that process to me from your perspective of, you know, your names on the script, they're saying lines that you were at least involved in, you know, whatever, just, I want to hear all about that. Um, yeah, well, I, you know, I, I went and, uh, I, I, you know, I'm more of a guest and I kind of got there and I got a, a very excellent seat that's sitting right behind Al. And then right beside him is, is Dan Cussin and Yardley Smith and, and Nancy oh. Cartwright. And uh, then straight across the table from them, I see uh, there's uh, Matt Groening and James L. Brooks. 
And the whole way through, it's just my, my brain is melting. Is it like an out-of-body experience? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. It's, uh, I feel like I would have just had like a dumb smile on my face and been sort of... <laughs> it, was, it was either a dumb smile or a nervous smile i was just sitting there like okay i'm here <laughs> like, that's amazing yeah that that's the part that i think you know you go through all this whole situation with trying to be on staff it turns into an episode but at the end of the day like i, I could fit the people that have gotten to really uh, to do something like that in this room you know even though the story has like a you know it's it's valleys and it's sad parts i think it's just a remarkable uh, turn of events. So I think the way it happened, the way it ended, the way, you know, everything, the episode, the way it turned out, is just such a cool story. And I, I really, I actually intended on reaching out to David, like right after the episode came out and somehow it just got lost in the shuffle. Either I forgot or I didn't, it made it onto a different list. I don't know, but I'm just happy to finally get it on this podcast for anyone that didn't get to read that article. Yeah. It's an amazing story. Yeah. It was, uh, it, it was something. Well, uh, Brandon, what do you got? Because we're going to play yeah. some games in a minute. Uh, well, I wanted to ask you a couple of questions sort of about your, like, about writing the episode. I, I, I didn't know, by the way, the, the sort of story about being offered the job and all of that. And like going into it was probably a pretty emotionally charged sort of thing. And you, now it's like you got to swing for the fences. Um, I was wondering, like, the Simpsons, like, the characters and like the Simpsons in general, like we were saying, are, have such a deep groove in like the psyche of existence. If you are a fan, I, I imagine writing for the Simpsons, like writing an episode, it would be really easy to kind of like have knee jerk reactions where you fall back on really cliche jokes and stuff like that. There's also so much Simpsons that it's sort of like, am I writing something new or am I just remembering an episode? Did you did you struggle with that at all? Is it hard to stay fresh? Oh, for sure. I mean, I struggle that with that when in things that aren't the Simpsons where I have a joke and I go, oh shit, no, that's way too close to something yeah. in the <laughs> Simpsons. So and when it is the actual those characters, it's like you do you do double and triple takes where I number of times I'd like I'd have a joke and I go, wait a minute, and I'd type something into Frinkiac, like see. Okay, is there something? Am I taking from something too similar? This might sound familiar, but it's like, and part of it's like, well, no, maybe you're just hearing the characters in your head now. I don't yeah. know. Um, For what it's worth, I feel like you delivered a really like fresh sort of take on these characters because Warren and I talk a lot about modern Simpsons versus not whatever, and like we we think that you know, or at least I feel that like the modern episodes are really great because it shows you fresh perspectives. But it really sings when it's a fresh perspective, but it still ha strikes that Simpsons perfect G chord, whatever that is. And I felt like you really did that with this episode. And it's, it's I feel like if I were to write an episode of The Simpsons, it would just be me like, like repainting jokes that were just boiling around in the back of my head. <laughs> and it didn't feel like you were doing that. It's incredibly intimidating to, to try to write. I mean, it's, it's a thing too, where I face when I write, you know, spec scripts of other shows and it's a little easier when you look at a show that's, that you feel is great. And it's like, okay, I'm going to write a spec script. And even if I write an episode that's qualified, but it's the worst episode and it sees a show that's only done 20 episodes. Well, you're only the 21st worst episode. The Simpsons, it's like, well, you're, you know, you, you, you could be, you, you could be down in the 700s. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, and and you bring so much to it. It's like a, even years earlier, I I kicked around the idea of trying to write a spec script of The Simpsons, just thinking it'll be kind of evergreen because the show never seems to go away. 
Um, and I wrote, I put out a whole bunch of ideas. I started to write, even write one, but I just get too in my head of like, it's hard to, and it's the same way I think people come to do episodes. It's hard to separate the greatest of the great and see something for what it is and not rank it against, uh, what's come before it. Yeah. I say that all the time and I'm so happy to hear you say it, David. That is like what I tell everyone. I'm like, you can appreciate the show for what it is in the beginning. You can appreciate it for what it is now. You don't have to like constantly compare the two. So that's like, I love that phrasing. Well, it's again, like even the, the, my, you know, my A story with, you know, Mr. Burns going undercover, I I had notes from when I was planning to like a bunch of just jotted out ideas from when I was going to try to write a spec of the Simpsons. And one of them was just a fragment, Mr. Burns undercover boss. And I was just like, ah, that's doesn't, (laughs) that doesn't feel like, um, that, that feels like a fraction of a story or maybe the beginning of an act one that leads into something else. Maybe, uh, it didn't feel fleshed out. And then when I had the opportunity to pitch, I was, you know, I was like, oh, I should go look for those old ideas. And that one, I, I looked at it and go, well, wait a minute. What if you invert it where it's not what you think uh, is the automatic thing? He's going to go in and he's going to hate, everyone's going to hate him and he's going to find it. And it's just a really straightforward thing. But he actually is treated like an equal and has, feels like he has friends for the first time. It's uh, uh, it was sort of that the way in on that. So it's like I actually had that written in a, uh, you know, years earlier. I also really liked, uh, not to like dissect the episode too much, but I really loved, I mean, I love like, smithers and mr burns together that dynamic is so fun and so fun when it gets played with a little bit and i really like it like because it you separated them you know they get kind of separated because like you know it's almost the opposite of who shot mr burns like in who shot mr burns smithers leaves because mr burns is too dastardly but in this one it's like like Mr. Burns becomes kind of lovable and Smithers yeah. is like, dude, I want you to be a tyrant again. <laughs> it's, it's, you flipped it on its coin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that's, I agree completely with what Brandon is saying. And I think that like, this is, uh, you know, this is an example of, of what a modern episode can, can really be because you have people that have only seen, you know, but they probably haven't watched a new episode since like season 18 or something. And they think that there's some sort of authority on modern Simpsons, but I'm telling you, you are getting, people like David writing episodes that grew up loving the show. It's it's from a place of understanding these characters. So you're getting really amazing episodes like this in these new seasons. So, you know, that's my, every episode I have to say something about modern Simpsons, but in this case, this is a perfect example and a perfect reason to watch this episode. So there you go. Absolutely. I, it's so weird. I was just talking to a friend about this earlier today. Yes. I've, had more Simpsons conversations today with other people. <laughs> That's all I ever do. Not well, but, you, you know what, Brandon? You're not allowed to do that. This is I'm the only sorry, place you I, get to I do that. I broke our NDA. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I was talking to a friend earlier, and I was saying, like, what one cool thing about the modern Simpsons is exactly that. Like, you now we're in this age where people that grew up with the Simpsons are given a chance to write their episodes, and it's almost like it almost feels like a coming home again for the Simpsons because it's kind of these people that really love this show have been able to boil down what's great about it and then filter it through their own experience and bring something fresh. And it's, it's super cool. It really seems to be in like a Renaissance right now, just speaking as a fan uh, and not having any insight, but just like the last couple of seasons have had so many incredible episodes. Oh my God. It's just been, uh, yeah, I mean, the the, uh, the the road to Cincinnati one was... I've been saying that. I'm I, Me and David, you know, there's a real through line here. I'm, I'm agreeing with David on a lot of stuff. I will say that this last season in particular hit so many home runs. And I'm not, you know, 
I've thought the last few seasons were great, but this last season, like you, I, in my opinion, the best season since like season 15. Like, I really do believe that. It's really, really great. Yeah, I'd agree with you. Yeah, like, well, I'd say it's like, like, from thir- even like uh, you know thirty through thirty three, there is it's there's a yeah. lot of really there's a lot of standouts in that in that uh, that last couple of years. Totally couldn't agree more. Yeah, good good work, David. How about we we break off, we play a couple games, we'll come back, we'll discuss what you're working on now, and uh, then we'll we'll hang it up. What do you guys say? Let's do it. Beautiful. So, David, I ran this by you, and I asked. I said sometimes on the show. I play a game called the synopsis game. I don't always play it with people that have worked on the show, but I think it would be fun. And you said, Hey, I'm down. So we're playing it, baby. How you feeling? I'm good. <laughs> don't, don't sound too excited. Dave. I'm a little, con- I'm, I'm confident. I, I think I, I think I, uh, I think I'll, I think I'll, I think I'll do decent. I, I believe in David and I, I really do think he will. I did not intend to give Brandon the answers. I was going to sort of test him as well. And I forgot that we had the note shared. So there you go. Uh, but the way this game works is I'm going to read five synopsis. Uh, some of them are real. Some of them are fake. There is no set number of real versus fake. You just listen to the synopsis and you tell me if that is a real episode or not a real episode. And you can just say true or false. So if it's real, say true. If it's not you know false, whatever, you get it. Uh, so for an example, uh, if I were to say, Homer tells Mo Sislag about the Flaming Homer, an alcoholic cocktail of cough medicine and blah, 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 you would say, true. there you go. So there you go. You Everyone knows that that's, that's true. So there we go. All right. Are you ready, David? Yep. True or false? You can get mono from riding the monorail. Mm, false. No, wait. Maybe it's true. No, you were right. It's false. Number one, a family trip to the mortuary inspires Homer to build a tennis court in the back garden, but Homer becomes jealous of Bart's greater ability and swears revenge at the Krusty Classic, a tournament in aid of victims of balcony collapse. True or false? That would be true. That's Tennis the Menace. Listen to Danny even gave the name of the episode. That is season 12, (laughs) episode 12, Tennis the Menace. All right, so David, David... Showing out a little bit right here at the beginning. I like it. I like that. All right. Number two. Maggie has a bout of chicken pox. Homer decides to turn it into quick cash by deciding to host a pox party where he charges parents to infect their children. Uh, that's that's true. I don't remember the episode, but I remember that. So. David is two for two. For oh, two. my God. That is season 17, episode three. One of the weirdest names ever, so no wonder you couldn't remember it. It is Millhouse of Sand and Fog. Is that the one where his parents get back together? Maybe. It's not even in the synopsis, but I think maybe it is, actually. I do think there's a B-plot that they don't even mention. I would have yeah. for sure missed that one. You guys got a little too cute with that name, Simpsons writers. <laughs> Come on. All right. Number three. After encouragement from Marge, Bart tries to cheer Lisa up by winning her a chess set at the town auction. She soon falls back into a funk when she starts losing after a winning streak. True or false? Remember something with chess, but I think it was Homer. I think pretty certain that's false. David, you are 100% correct, and you are are blowing my mind with this knowledge right now. David is on it, okay? You're going to have to get get harder at this game. Well, here's the thing. Not only, I'm going to tell a quick aside that I wasn't even going to mention. This is what's funny about this. So I made up this plot. And sometimes what I do is I'll, I'll jump through some episodes and be like, oh, that's funny. And I will completely change 
something based on an idea I get from a real episode. After making up this fake one, I was clicking through other options, and the very next one I clicked on at random was the one where Homer plays chess. <laughs> I, I feel what like are the odds David of also got a bonus point for pointing out that there was an episode where Homer oh, plays David chess. David like, is getting all the bonus points. He's already point. three for three plus bonus points. So he's He is so far commanding this game in a way no one ever has. So let's keep it moving. Number four. Marge investigates a new popular audiobook series that has Bart and other Springfield kids acting strangely obedient. Homer gets involved after realizing it makes him look even worse. Yeah, say that's uh, false. It is false, David. There's no fool in him. Okay, David, Man. you know, this is just, just he's manhandling this game right now. David is four for four and then some with the bonus points. So there we go. All right. Well, I mean, we already know he's going to get this one. So let's go with number five. Homer is close to completing his court-ordered community service when he befriends Chief Wiggum by offering him one of his sandwiches. A partnership blossoms, but Homer doesn't come through when Wiggum needs him the most. Yeah, that one's true. I think it was called Chief of Hearts or something. Give me a fucking <laughs> break, David. <laughs> Nailed it. You're, David I, is I need you to be my new five. trivia partner. <laughs> yeah, this is unreal. So there, people have done well at this game. But few people have aced it the way David just did. So there you just go, David. I've nailed it. Tr- I'm just, I'm very impressed. Nice work, my friend. Thanks. Have you seen every episode multiple times like me, David? Not multiple times, but I've seen all of them at least once. There you go. You guys A are man- both better than me. I haven't seen every episode. Well, Brandon, you can get on our level whenever you want. David is a man after my own heart. Amateur hours is what I am. <laughs> <laughs> it goes Brandon by era. Have- where it's like, there I've seen go. the first 10 years, you know, I've seen those like a lot of people many, yeah. many times. Yeah. In the next 10 years, I've probably seen the next 10 years at least two or three times. And then the la- most recent, you know, decade and a bit, I've seen all those at least once. Some of yeah. them. Amazing. I would say I'm roughly the same. I will say that I've seen 11 to 20, probably more than most people, because I actually really like some of those seasons. Like I'm always advocating for. Uh, 15 through 17. I think that's like a really lost block of like good episodes that a lot of people overlook because they write off that whole decade. Season 15 through 17, there's a lot of bangers and there's great episodes in 18 and 19. Um, Some really heavy hitters and in the most recent ones as well. But it's it's just it's a lot to take in. You don't always have time to watch 33 seasons of a show. And you haven't had enough time to rewatch those yet, you know, because sometimes it happens. And on the tail end of things. All right, David. So now we're going to move into a section called the big three. And I believe I know the answer to this first question. That is favorite character and why? Um, I mean, is that, you know, inside the family or outside the family? I guess the, the question. Either one or both. I mean, I, I mean, inside the family, it'd probably be Homer. Because I mean, he's, I think he's like the, just one of the singular greatest comedic characters ever created. Yeah, he's comedy Mount Rushmore for sure. I say that all the time. Gotta be. <laughs> I love that. I've never heard you say that. Great. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. Like the whole family is great. You know, at least it's the heart of the show. Bart's terrific. Marge is criminally underrated. But if you get outside the family, then it'd be it'd be Mr. Burns, which is one of those things where, I, again, where with my episode, the fact that it was about him was so, ter- so terrific. Beautiful. Yeah, I love that. In fact, I will show this. No one, no one at home can see this, but I'm going to show it to David. I showed it to Brandon the other day. So here is a... A pewter Mr. Burns, and this is a licensed product. When you open it up, okay, you have a little foil knife. 
It looks scary, knife. but it's really just to like open stuff it's in the like kitchen. It's like a serrated knife. It's. I feel like <laughs> what you need to do is like put it on a cane and turn it into a sword. I completely agree with that. <laughs> very, very good. Change the knife a little bit. It can be the menacing letter opener. Yes, there you go. <laughs> there you go. That's that's probably what I would use it for more more or to open packages. I guess I'm not using that in the kitchen. Um, well, so David, what about your least favorite character? Is there someone that you just don't think is that funny? Uh, I don't know. No one jumps to mind. I'm sure there'd be there, if there would be somebody. Uh, it's a tough question. I'll give you a minute. Maybe, maybe Bill House's mom. I, don't, I was not not a huge fan of. <laughs> I don't know. She's. I don't think she like her, like her and her dad. His parents are both pretty bad, but at least his dad is pathetically funny. Oh my <laughs> god! Okay, so here, here's an he unpopular opinion. Funny. Here's an unpopular opinion. Opinion that I just gave recently. Uh, I like his parents more than Millhouse. I think wow. they're funnier than him. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I think Kirk is just the most sad bastard on earth. Luann is kind of whatever, but her interactions with Kirk, god tier. She she has one of my favorite throwaway lines, and it's from the uh, Radioactive Man episode, where like they find out Millhouse is going to be famous, and they've already spent all the money, and <laughs> Millhouse is like complaining about being being on the movie and stuff like that, and she's like, "I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I'm wearing a jacuzzi suit," and she's like <laughs> wearing that suit, and it's like bubbling. <laughs> so Kills good. Me. And you think I say that even then it goes like then you can you, you can still go down the list and find a million exceptions to where that character is great. But I don't yeah. know. She's, she's, she's kind of shitty to Bill House. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's fair. That's I guess both, both his parents kind of are. And but again, you kind of give Kirk a pass because he's just so pathetic. Yeah. Millhouse definitely got a shit hand in the parents department. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. I, now I can sleep out in the yard. Yeah. Every single night. <laughs> I will say, um, Warren, you asked me this question when I was first on the the podcast, and yeah. I still think about this question. I mean, that was more than a year ago, and like on a weekly basis, because I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't satisfied with my answer. That I it's did a hard question. Then. I still don't have an answer. It haunts me. This question. It's like, yeah. do am I like blinded by my love for The Simpsons that I can't pick someone I don't like? I, I so true story. <laughs> uh, at the time of this recording last night, I was actually interviewed for like this like nostalgia show called Shui Nostalgia. Uh, shout out to them. And they someone asked me. They were like, "Hey, what is your least favorite character on the show?" And I was like, "Oh my god, I don't like when this question's thrown at me. I don't know. Like, I, <laughs> I genuinely had. I think I said, you know, Millhouse tends to be my default, but that's not really fair. Um, I, I do think Millhouse often." is only funny because of Bart, I think by himself. I don't love Millhouse-focused episodes, so I think he's my answer. But it's a hard-ass question. Fun one it to ponder is. on. You could dig out and pick characters that is, are, are almost non-characters, and you could pick some of the, the background kids, like Lewis, like, oh, great, well, yeah. Yeah. It's nothing to judge there, but... Yeah, Bumblebee Man, he doesn't do much. You know, you could, you could find someone. Bumblebee Man, it's like Carbon Rod, but also that was such a great joke. <laughs> it's uh, it the Carbon Rod. Yeah, carbon very rod. true. <laughs> Very true. I do, probably I what do. went wrong with that launch, you know? They didn't have the carbon <laughs> rod. That's exactly right. If they had that, they'd have fixed it. I yeah. do have I do have a least favorite guest star, and that is Buzz Aldrin. People oh. people get mad at me about this, but I do think he is the least funny guest star ever. Like even even like um Kid Rock for me. Oh well okay, yeah, Kid Rock, because he's just such a douchebag. That he he wins. But okay, I changed my answer to Kid Rock. However, <laughs> I do think that Buzz Aldrin 
Like his reads are just awful. And I know he's not a comedic actor. Like it's not like he has to be good at it. But every time I watch Deep Space Homer, I'm like, man, y'all couldn't ask Buzz to take that one more time. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. It's just not walked on the moon. What more do you want? <laughs> That's true. It's true. He's done enough. You're right, David. You're right. He also got better because he was pretty funny in, in 30 Rock. I he was. was going to say that. Oh, he's, man. he's had a lot of experience because he seems like he does anything anyone's at. Like, he shows up in a lot of stuff. That 30 is Rock true. Is so good. I don't hear enough people talk about how great 30 Rock is. I the agree. Is it's incredible. Yeah. And also, um, and Homer, Dan's in there. Yeah, he is. He is also in the office. Um, all right. So I'm, uh, that was a nice little divergent here, but three favorite. Okay. Let me, let me give some context here. So I always over explain this third question, but I think it's important. If you had to, you know, it's like the classic desert island question. If you only had three episodes that you could watch forever or three episodes that you were going to recommend to someone who had never seen the show, either one of those is fine with me. What three immediately jumped to the top of your list? Well, I think Rosebud is is definitely, it's got to be there. Uh, Man. It's, again, with Mr. Burns being one of my favorite characters and that being like maybe the best Burns episode. I agree. Um that's 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 a go-to that's i don't i it's hard to pick a number one but that's probably it's right up there um and if i was on a desert island i think 22 short films yes pretty great and it it has such a breadth of the characters and and so much great stuff in it and of course uh, of course the the origin of steamed hams and (laughs) which i remember seeing that in syndication and then when I, i saw it again on the DVD one, me and my brother were watching on DVD, just dying so hard and watching it about 10 times over just that scene. And I, I felt like we kind of picked up on the specialness of that years and years before the internet ever realized how totally cool that is. It's just so great. It's it's a truly perfect joke. The only thing that Bill Oakley ever wrote by himself for the show, uh, just an absolutely perfect sequence. Totally agree. And then I don't know. It's, 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 it's so hard. I mean, that's desert Island. I don't know if that's, if that's uh, if that'd be what I'd recommend or be my top three, but it's, it's up there with 22. Um, I mean, Marge versus the monorail. Yes. It's right there. I don't know. It's it's really hard. Oh, it's fear. You, Cape fear is such a good one. Cape fear is great. You can't miss with either. I mean, those are all great choices. I feel like Rosebud gets love. Like people, people acknowledge Rosebud's a great episode, but I feel like I don't get it called someone's favorite often enough. It's really up there for me. One of my great, so funny. <laughs> one of the one of my favorite things that I own is a is an original pre-production sketch of a scene in Rosebud. And years later, I showed it to Wes Archer, who directed that episode, and he said to me, he goes, Oh man, that's one of mine. I definitely drew that. That's amazing. So it's like so it's officially like one of the coolest things that I own, and that makes me really happy. So I love Rosebud, a lot of love for it. I also love the Ramones. So that's another cool thing about that episode. And oh, have the Rolling right. Stones killed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so he's good. like, but sir. And he's like, no. <laughs> we can only assume that it was followed through on. Yeah. yeah. Um, For sure. Yeah. It's, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things where there are no wrong answers. But David, between the synopsis game and the big three, I think you just absolutely knocked it out of the park. So again, you know, we gave Brandon a round of applause at the top. I'm going to need everybody at home to give David a big round of applause. We're just clapping, you know, just, just so, you know, David crushed it. Both games, great answers. Um, so let's go back to a couple of questions before we get out of here. And the thing is, you know, I know that you've got to be working on some cool new stuff. Now, David, I want to give you all the time you want. 
to talk about what you're doing now. Like, are you, are you writing anything? Are you working on some shows? What, what's in the tank for you right now? Uh, well, first and foremost up, there's a, a web series that's uh, coming out. I don't know when this will air, but it's, it, we're going to put out two episodes every week starting September 15th. Wow. Um, and it's been a very long time coming because we wrote it in uh, August, uh, July, August of 2020. We shot it in October of 2020. And then we're like 99% done August 2021. And then we've just been trying to like find a home for it and figure wow. out what we want to and we, we, we got a, uh, a grant. Uh, I'll tell you about the show before I go into all that, but it's there you go. Also real quick, this is going to air the day before. So this is going to come out on the 14th. So everyone listening to this right now, David's show comes out tomorrow. So I will put the info in the description of this episode, David, get all that to me. I'll make sure the people have it. They can go check it out. So please, but go ahead. Terrific. Thanks. Um, yeah. So it's, it's called uh, business Inc. And what it is, is, uh, it's about a business of the, of run by some very morally reprehensible people and they will do absolutely any job you go, you pay them for regardless of morality or competence <laughs> <laughs> does not matter. They will take, you have money, they will take the job and they will do it. Uh, whether it's, uh, so it's, it's, uh, they've got, we got about six, 15 minute episodes. It's, um, the idea is generally just like it's it's a premise that allows us to do absolutely anything we want. So it's kind of like we describe like there's elements of sketch in it where uh, there's elements of uh, of sitcom in it, uh, and each episode kind of stands on its own. And um, so like they the businesses they do like they they will uh, run a political campaign, they will <laughs> they will run a suicide hotline, hmm. they'll review movies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they, they in our season finale they get asked to solve the city's bonus homicide cases it's very absurd it's very crazy um wonderful sounds very funny it's uh we're very we're very pleased with it i, I co-created it with two of my closest friends uh kimberly wells and Terry green who also star in it and we've uh got some other it, it's also starring uh anesti janalis and brie alley who are both terrific in it um wow and uh, I'm technically in it, thanks to peer pressure. Um, <laughs> I am not an actor in any way, shape, or form, but they had an idea for a character who would be like in the background, they'd just sort of talk about. And uh, I only have like one line in the whole season. I hope I don't, I hope my presence doesn't ruin it. Um, no way. I don't believe David, sure you're going to be great. Trust me, we're friends now. So I'm going to say that there's no way. Um, but it was like, yeah, we can't ask any, we can't ask an actor to show up this amount. And not give them any lines. So you're going to do it. It's like, oh, I, and I protested like, well, we can do that. It's a funny idea. Okay, fine. So I begrudgingly, <laughs> I really am uncomfortable acting. And you now I have another friend who keeps trying to put me in his short films. It's like, I, oh, it's, it's not my wheelhouse. I have a lot of respect for actors, but um it's kind of like how Mike Shore ended up being Moe's on The Office, you know. He, he, from what I gather, he really hated that. <laughs> yeah, he did not want to do it. I've heard that too. He just did not want to do it. And they just kept so writing funny. it for him. <laughs> well, yeah, originally it was like, Pitch was like, we're going to have you in the background of one scene in episode. It's like, oh, that, that wasn't the case. I'm in the back. I'm in a lot of them now. And, uh, that's how it goes. And yeah, cause I got, I got one line the whole season, but, uh, uh, yeah, so that's, that's the show. It's, it's, it's just, it's pure craziness and it hopefully it's, hopefully people will find it fun and find it funny. We've tried to pack it fill, filled with lots of jokes and, um, 
Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds super funny. I mean, if you, if anyone listening doesn't want to watch a show after watching David's episode of The Simpsons, I mean, give me a break. I can't wait to watch it. Like I said, it's in the description of this episode. David's going to get all that to me. I'm going to make everyone go watch it. And yeah, I can't wait personally. It sounds great. It sounds like Brandon Stoke too. So where's it, where's it going to be? Where did it end up? Yeah, we got a uh, Canadian comedy grant, which tied it to where uh, got us a little bit of money to help us finish the show because we financed it all ourselves and pretty much everybody working on it is all working for free. It's all wow. friends and stuff. We shot it at the height of COVID, like I said, October 2020. So that made it very difficult in some respects of like we, you know, I was the COVID person, like every person who came in and had to like, hey, do you have any symptoms to have a temperature gun check, you know, record when everybody's here if we have to contact trace and shut down. But everybody was also free and available and eager to do stuff. So that it was kind of a double-edged sword uh, right. that helped us get it done. You know, we shot it in two weeks. Um, wow. So, yeah, uh, it's going to – so, we, yeah, we said, said we got this uh, grant from uh, Cancom, Canadian Comedy Grants, and it's going to be on this on, on Viva.tv. Sweet. Cool. And awesome. it's going to be, yeah, two episodes a week starting uh, September 15th. Yeah, and everyone go go watch this and support it because I need David to take some time to write that uh, spec script for Better Call Saul for me. So I need this to go well so he can do that. And then, you know, there we go. To bring it full circle. Absolutely. Yeah. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that, that's uh, that's the first and foremost. If, you know, working on a whole lot of other irons in the fire, but nothing that's uh, being made or anything. It's, you know, it's, I feel like I'm a comedy writer of things that mostly don't get made. <laughs> <laughs> um, whole lot of pilots that uh, have had various success of that, that got close and then didn't haven't uh, haven't had anything happen with. But uh, David, keep us in the loop because I want to. You know, my eyes. I'm keeping my eyes on you. I want to see whatever you're working on in the future. Uh, it's been it's been fantastic to get to know you, hang out with you a little bit, hear your story. It's it's always great when there's sort of an inspiring thing that also has like you know you you really nailed it. The episode was so great and like. Uh, seem like a really talented writer so it, it's cool that good things happen you know there yeah like you i said the, the writing staff deserves so much credit because you think it's funny like that's all that's all them like the core of the story is is me to a point and then uh, they you know uh, they, they they did their thing and, and made it awesome like they always do so uh it's 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 a great episode there's no excuse not to go watch it there's no excuse not to go watch it there's no excuse not to go watch david's new show so everyone please go do that David, anything you want to say before we go? People, things you want to remind people to do, or just anywhere else you want to send people, social media, anywhere. I know you hate it, but what do you want to say? I suppose you could follow me on Twitter. That's the only place I have any activity. And even then, it's very sparse. Um, I'm, I'm at Weird Anecdotes. Uh, Great for, name. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's a first. But <laughs> 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 okay, uh, yeah. Um, I occasionally I'll post jokes. I'll have all the stuff to, to get a business sync there at some point as it comes out. we got, uh, you know, even, even, you know, even now we got a whole bunch of trailers and stuff for that. Although like you said, I'm going to watch that trailer as soon as we get off here. Yeah. We got, uh, we got, yeah, we got like a trailer and infomercial. We've got add trailers for every episode coming up. We, we, we've had time to prepare. Cause like I said, it's been a while coming here. Yeah. So that, I guess that's it. That I hope people go check out business Inc. Um, it, thank you so much for having me. No, it was it was a total blast. Everyone go follow David on Twitter. Go, I'm going to say it for the third time. Go to the description of this episode. Check out his new show. You're going to love it. I'm confident. I can't wait to watch it. Uh, as for all of you, if you have any questions or comments, you can email me at simpsonsisgreat at gmail.com. If you like this podcast, 
consider leaving me a review on Apple or Spotify or honestly, anywhere that accepts reviews. I just want your reviews. I want you to tell people that you like the show. It helps me. It helps you, I guess. I don't know. It helps everybody. Uh, You can follow the official Instagram account at Simpsons is greater than or on Twitter at Simpsons is great. If you're curious about me or my Simpsons collection, just search for Bart of Darkness on Instagram or Twitter or Google, and I'm confident that you'll find me and we'll see everybody real soon.